Welcome to Hooper's Unhailed, a Capital Flavor production in partnership with 265 Media. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our pleasure to welcome you to New York, where the local time is 12 o'clock. For your safety, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened and keep the aisles clear until we are parked at the gate and the seatbelt sign has been switched off. What up, what it is, what's poppin', it's your boy K-Dot, and I am back with another episode of Hoopers Unhailed. As I wrap up profiling the amazing women guests that I've had for Women's History Month, it's led me back to New York City, Harlem to be exact. Christina Williams, founder of Girls Talk Sports TV and your 2021 recipient of Forbes Magazine's 30 Under 30, sits down with me and tells me her story growing up in Harlem, her love for theater and journalism in her earlier days, her involvement in coaching and mentorship to younger athletes, and how she has emerged as one of sports media's top journalists and media personality, man or woman. So sit back, relax. Hoopers Unhailed coming right up. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Hoopers Unhailed. Of course, I am your host, Kevin, better known in this media space as KDOT. And once again, I have a very special guest as we top off um, Women's History Month with none other than Forbes 30 Under 30, Christina Williams, how are you doing this afternoon? What's up, KDOT? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, excited that we were finally able to get this done, but doing great nonetheless. Uh, was a little tired because we stayed up last night uh, to catch some of the March Madness games, some of the women's games, but yeah, um, I'm having a great day right now. Oh yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> um, I was kind of a part of that that party, that watch party. Um, so shout out to you for your uh for your clubhouse um, clubs and, and rooms, man. It's, it's always a party. So we're going to uh, get right into it. And the first thing that I want to talk about is what I like to call humble beginnings. So I wanted to know um, what, what did you, you know, your, your first, um, your first chance at, at loving basketball and loving the game. Where where did you first pick that up? Um, I first picked up my love for basketball in the fifth grade. Um, I grew up in Harlem, so seeing other girls and women play sports in my particular neighborhood was kind of common um, because, you know, in New York City, you got the Mary Bertrams, the Christ the King. So, you always hear about these like elite hoopers on the women's side in New York City. Um, it was something that was quite co- common it, within the neighborhood to hear of the girls that and the women who could play. Um, but particularly um, when I got to fifth grade, I really wanted to play basketball, but my school didn't have like a girls basketball team. And so I just remember um, kind of like begging them to make one so that I could learn the sport and learn how to play. And so uh, once I once they did that, the, the following year, I want to say, um, you know, I was able to join the team. 
uh, learn the game or whatever. And I continued to play throughout high school, played varsity. Then when I got to college, I ended up uh, doing the coaching side, coaching youth girls basketball um, and growing the game in that way. And then also AAU boys um, here in New York City. Uh, and then really my involvement with the sport evolved as I got older over the years, but um, basketball's always been a part of me. And then also growing up in Harlem, you know, you would hear about Shannon Bobbitt and, you know, see her um, be all the guys in a local neighborhood, cross them up or whatever. And so it was interesting to see that and see her play for Pat Summit and then go to the LA Sparks. That was kind of cool to see in real time happening, hearing about Epiphany Prince and, you know, elite players like that. So that's really where my love for the game started. Okay, cool. So just going into kind of like your evolution. So um, I understand just kind of like from a background perspective, um, just reading up, um, you went to LaGuardia High School. Am I correct on that? I did. Um, I studied visual arts there. And so I was, I grew up a theater kid. I had my hands in so many different things as a kid. I don't even know how I was able to keep up with that stuff. Like I, I grew up a theater kid. So doing a lot of acting, um, been in a couple commercials, been in a few independent films. Um, so as a teenager and as and, and being in middle school, I was performing um, and getting legit work as a performer. I remember like my first, one of my first pay gigs was um, on 30 Rock, but they ended up not using the scene that I was in. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was cool to be on set with like Tracy Morgan, uh, Susan Hayward, who's actually a really good friend of mine. So it's so funny because like I was super young on set of uh, that one episode that I got booked for. And Susan Hayward was someone that I didn't know at that time, but a few years later we had met at Hillsong and now we're just like really good friends. And she's now on um, the show called Delilah on OWN Network. And we keep in contact. She was on Orange is the New Black. But yeah, like that was my first paid gig as an actor or whatever. And I just remember being on set with Tracy Morgan. Um, he had introduced me to like Matt Damon, Tina Fey that, uh, on set. We had a long 14 hour day at Silver Cup Studios. So that experience in itself was just something I was very, very grateful for. Um, Tracy Morgan is like a burst of energy. But yeah, like all throughout high school, um, you know, I was doing the acting thing, booking commercial work, um, just being in and around entertainment period. At LaGuardia, I was able to develop my art skills. So drawing, painting, doing ceramics, just different things. Um, and also my mom would, you know, send me to arts camp in the summer. So I would spend four weeks out of my summer, which is half, half of the eight week summer, um, in Elmer, New Jersey, at this place called Apple Farm Arts and Music Center, where I would study theater and visual arts and just develop those skills over a four-week period. And so, yeah, arts has been always in and around me as well. So it's kind of crazy now how, like, as an adult, me joining those two passions together to create Girls Talk Sports TV. Um, you know, my, my love for sports, my love for storytelling, whether it be journalism or creativity, like all those things that I went through in my earlier kind of like half of my life definitely kind of set up or paved the way for where I am right now. Oh, that is, that's awesome. That is awesome. So like I said, you know, the, your story is very, very unique because 
this is this is one of those stories where you know the game, you love the game, but you know you just took a different path, you know, towards your um, towards your passion, you know, for the game. So kind of marrying that that whole you know theater arts and then basketball. I mean, that's a that's an amazing thing. So can you tell us just a little bit about um, you know just going from high school and then you know going into Hunter College and how you were able to continue you know, that path um, for your for your passion for, for the theater, for the arts, and also for the love of the game? Absolutely. So, um, you know, when I got to Hunter, um, you know, I knew that I didn't want to, I wanted to try something new. And when I say that it was at that point in my life, I was already kind of working as a freelance reporter, traveling um, around the country to cover like red carpets, interview designers, celebrities, et cetera, et cetera. So, I was in college, like working full time as a reporter. Um, So I was kind of already doing what I loved in the sense of being in and around the entertainment industry, like having being successful in that way, booking jobs and like whatever, whatever, grinding it out. Um, But Hunter really grounded me in the sense that it really taught me the technical skills that it took to be a journalist, because prior to that, I mean, with the acting skills, it kind of helped me kind of narrow through as a freelance entertainment reporter, fashion reporter. But when I got to Hunter, I really learned the technicality of what it meant to be a broadcaster, um, learning how to write, read teleprompter, just all the technical things that it took to be a journalist or broadcast journalist. Um, the community here was amazing. Um, credit to Cecil McCarthy, who kind of really took me under her wing and taught me the ins and outs of the industry who put me in front of producers, heads of networks and things like that. Um, so that I could learn about myself as a performer mm-hmm. on camera, but I, I love my time there. Um, you know, it was a really tight knit community. Everyone knew me on campus as like the reporter girl. <laughs> Cause like I ended <laughs> up, you know, being a part of like a newscast there and stuff like that. So I really, really loved my time at Hunter. It was it was amazing. That and and again, that's that's awesome. So, just just moving just moving forward in, into your story because we we have sort of some similarities um, because I am at a at a point right now where I'm trying to figure out you know my next step um, from a career perspective and you know a while back you realized that as well mm-hmm. so. Um, Coming into to let's get into kind of like the the corporate America space. So after Hunter, um, you know, you were able, you know, to do, you know, a few things within the corporate America space. Absolutely. But yeah. Yep. So you and it got to a point where you said, you know what, I'm not sure if I can do this for the rest of my career. <laughs> so. Can you give us kind of like, you know, your um, your mindset behind making the decision to step away from that space in creating your, what I call um, your, your media empire? <laughs> Absolutely. So my experience of working in corporate America, it was actually a really great experience because 
you know, I love the people that I worked with. The company that I worked with was amazing. One of the top uh, marketing agencies in the world. But I knew that it was not my final destination. And I had mm-hmm. gotten the offer to join this company um, through a mutual friend who I worked with previously. And, you know, it was a great experience to learn the marketing side. Again, every step of the way that I've taken up until this point has prepared me for, you know, what, the life that I'm living now. Uh, it really doesn't get like much better than that. Learning the technicalities, the in and outs of being a broadcaster, marketing, like really, I know the business from all sides now, being a former player uh, in school and things like that. So, you know, I just, it really prepared me for, like I said, what I was bound to do, my purpose, I guess. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, while I was grateful to be in corporate America and having the stability, um, and safety net of, you know, like that paycheck, um, the good pay, whatever like that. Like I said, I am not a nine to five person, but um, I don't knock the people who do work nine to fives. And sometimes your nine to five is what's going to help fuel your passion project or the thing that you're meant to do. And so in my case, um, Absolutely. that job definitely helped fuel um, what I was, what I, you know, wanted to, wanted to build in the future. Um, and so, you know, I just, soaked up all of the information I could as a sponge while working in corporate America. And then I felt like my time was up there. And so, you know, I really did not look back in any shape or form. Um, Again, I'm someone who has my hands in multiple things at once. You know, I'm never just doing one thing. Um, And so like in the midst of like working for corporate America, um, obviously still staying in and around the basketball world, um, you know, doing hosting, um, helping to produce charity, celebrity basketball games, um, coast to coast, just really doing anything I can to stay around the game. Um, And so Mm -hmm. the opportunity had come for me to launch a women's basketball league in New York. And, you know, it was super exciting and I, I wanted to do it. And, you know, I had got to work on like the beginning stages of it, like the brainstorming and c- come up the concepts and stuff. And then like after the first month or so, you know, things just got overwhelming. Um, I felt like, you know, the mission of that league didn't really align with who, who I was and what I believed in. And so, you know, I took a step back and, and you know, I did not end up helping to launch the league, but, I did what was right for me at the time. And so literally a few weeks after mm-hmm. um, that kind of failed project, um, the, the idea for Girls Talk Sports TV came to me like, like a light bulb that goes off in your head. Um, sitting down at my desk one day and, you know, literally just not even, it wasn't even at my desk. I was, I think it was like at 6 a.m. or something. And I was I think I was like getting ready for something. I'm, the story, I don't, I don't know, but I remember just texting my friends. No, actually I was sitting at my desk cause it was 9 a.m. New York time, 6 a.m. LA time. And I remember texting my friends in a group chat who lived on the West coast. And I was asking them what they thought about the name Girls Talk Sports 2. That was going to be the name at first. And they're like, oh no, we are not feeling that, okay. <laughs> you know? And then I was like, what about Girls Talk Sports TV? And they're like, yeah, that sticks, you know? And so immediately like handled my business um, on the business side of things, <laughs> like within like the, that same day, like, you know, got the domain, everything like that, and just handled my business. And then um, 
really just got to work. So, you know, Girls Talk Sports TV, I still have the screenshot. We started with five followers um, and, you know, just the passion to want to amplify the women's game, um, to show that women can talk about sports and it can be the norm and not the exception, to show representation in terms of Black women reporting sports news. I had a little tribe with me on people that I met in college, hoopers, um, sports enthusiasts who really helped me um, in the beginning stages, built my brand in a sense of contributing, um, you know, me helping them build their portfolios and seeing how I could help them. Um, and really that's the birth of Girls Talk Sports TV and how it started in a nutshell. But um, yeah. <laughs> That is, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, you and I have sort of a similar um, story um, between, you know, Girls Talk Sports TV and my company, um, Heavy Handed Hoops, um, LLC. Um, it's one of, it was just one of those things where I'm sitting down and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And my wife actually comes up and say, you know what? You always talk in basketball. You're always like just yapping at the mouth at what people need to do better in the game. Why don't you, you know, become a player development specialist or something like, let's create something from that. And just like, you know, kind of like your idea, like the light bulb came up. So, I mean, that's a, that's such a dope story on how it came up. And I love how you have the screenshot, you know, of your, you know, yeah. your first, you know, few followers, um, because look, <laughs> look at what it is now. I mean, so, this this is what I want to get into, um, and this is what I call ill hoop stories. If you can, while building up Girls Talk Sports TV, can you think of a, a dope story um, behind the game that actually was, it, it could be a funny story, it could be something inspirational, um, I know you got plenty of stories because the one that, <laughs> that was baby, funny. That yeah, was a funny was one. Hilarious. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> if if you can if you can think of any other story, or even if you want to tell me, oh no, we gonna keep that one. Is, <laughs> um. <laughs> well, yeah, share a story. You I mean uh, like any story from like my time since I started covering the league? Um, for sure. Um, let's see, Absolutely. there are so many stories. Okay. One story that was super funny was, um, I was, uh, in the locker room at Westchester County Center where the New York Liberty formerly played, um, and they had just lost to the Indiana Fever. And so I'm doing my post game mm -hmm. interviews in the locker room. Um, I get through Erica Wheeler, who is the 2019 WNBA all-star MVP. And then now I'm in the locker room and I'm interviewing Candace Dupree, who now plays for the Seattle Storm. And so I'm interviewing Candace, and in the background, I could hear Erica listening or like on my Instagram page, like like there was a video playing, and I turn around and I'm like, Are you looking at my Instagram? And she's like, Girl, focus. Like we were like, it was like a funny moment. Um, I have the video of the moment because the person who's filming my interview. Um, it was like a fun, candid moment because, like, I know both Candace and Erica, they have a really good relationship. And so, just hearing her on my page while I was in the locker room, like, looking at the video I had posted on Instagram, like, a few hours before the game 
was hilarious because it was like a dancing video and she was listening to it and the volume was so high. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, that sounds like she's on my page. And it was just like I had to break out of my um, interview character and like just address it because it was hilarious. But um, yeah, that was super funny. Um, when I first interviewed Renee Montgomery and that's when Old Town Road had just come out and she was trying to like remember the mm -hmm. lyrics, which was super funny. But Renee's always fun to interview because she'll give you everything you need. But behind the scenes, like she's just super hilarious. Um, super funny. So, I mean, I have stories for every athlete that I've interviewed. Um, it's always fun. It's always love and always fun uh, when I get to interview the women of the WBA. Yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not even going to sit here and, <laughs> and sugarcoat it. That was hilarious. Like, for Erica so Wheeler to do that. Goofy, like, she's, she's, so, like, she's so hilarious. So, it was <laughs> Yeah, that was like super funny. Because yeah. I'm like in a serious interview post game with Candace and I could hear her listen to the video super loud, high volume, and she was so close to us. And I was just like, ma'am, <laughs> like what are you <laughs> what are you doing? But yeah, we definitely have the video of that that moment. <laughs> that and, and that is so awesome. So one one of the one of the things before we um you know before we wrap up is that I, I do want to talk about something that, that you're very passionate about. And, you know, that's, um, you know, going back to your community and, um, you know, just giving back and coaching, coaching up the next generation. So tell me, you know, you know, your passion behind that, because you and I are in the same boat. Like we, we want to elevate the next generation, but we want to do it in a, in a manner that, doesn't allow that next generation to forget where the originality of the game comes from. So tell me about, um, you know, your, your volunteering and coaching and, um, you know, everything that you've done for, for your community. Well, really, there would be no that. Girls Talk Sports TV if I had not first started in my community. I think that people forget that in order to make a difference, you don't need a million dollars at first. You don't need a blue check on Instagram. You start where you are with what you have. And so way before I started Girls Talk Sports TV or anything, like for the last eight years of my life, I've been volunteering as a youth basketball coach and mentor. Just growing a game in that way, any way that I could. But also I have a nephew and, and niece mm -hmm. and, you know, my nephew plays basketball. So even in his early days, like going to his AAU games on the road with him, things like that. At one point having to coach um, an AAU boys team, his age group coaching him and his friends. So that was interesting to say the least. Uh, New York AAU is just a different beast and boys basketball is way different, um, especially in that circuit. But, um, you know, just starting where I am because I feel like if you grow the game in your community first, then everything else will fall into place. And so it was really important for me to, to do that, to give back in that way and that act of service to my community because when you get to a certain level, you always want to reach back and help others. And you just never know how your presence, how what you're doing can impact the next generation. And so it's something that I speak about a lot. Um, I don't have to post things for clout because I don't need that. I'm valid in real life. And so I just continue to do the work, nice. you know, and things that I enjoy. And, you know, it's all a part of my God-given purpose at the end of the day um, to, to grow the game in that way. 
Amen. Amen. And the last thing that I want to get into is, of course, one of your biggest accomplishments, Forbes 30 under 30. Just um, tell me, you know, <laughs> your emotions behind that and, you know, tell me about um, how you, you know, how you were able to embrace that. And thank you so much. <laughs> first and foremost, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So. Uh, really, so Forbes 30 that. under 30, uh, it's something that is, is, is like due to like the power of manifestation. Um, it's something that I've always wanted. It's something that I've written down as my life. One of my life goals is to make the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And so when I made the list last year, I was so shocked. I mean, so shocked because, you know, I knew that, you know, I'm worthy to be on the list. I've put in the work. I've built something from the ground up and I'm making an impact. But I just didn't think that I would, I would get it last year for some reason. And when the nominations had come around, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, like, you know, the, the nominations are open. But apparently people had nominated me and I had no idea. And so my friend Dorothy Gentry was the first person. And Dorothy is an amazing WNBA NBA reporter. Go check out her work. Um, she had texted me at like 7 a.m. when the list came out and she was like, girl, check the Forbes uh, website or whatever. And I'm like, why? And then she sends me the link and I'm on there. Like, I see myself and then I'm like, right, a little uh, one person above Asia Wilson, who's the 2020 WNBA MVP. I see Natasha Cloud. I see Ari Chambers. I see Chenea Gumake, Malika Angelou, Shams. And I'm like, wait, what? Ben Simmons? Like, I'm on this sports list with all these amazing people, athletes, reporters, content creators. And it just really kind of had, it just made me say, uh, believe that, you know, I belong here. Um, I'm here to stay. You know, a lot of people probably feel like I shouldn't have been on the list for whatever reasons, because maybe they've been working longer or whatever in sports. But like I said in the interview, everything that I've been doing since the fifth grade is a manifestation of what is happening now. You know, the seeds that I've sown, I'm now reaping all of those things. And so, you know, I deserve to be on that list. And for me, it just represents, you know, not only black women and like women in general, like we belong in sports and we are making a way and things are changing. We are shifting the conversation but also to like the people in Harlem, you know, who, where I grew up, you know what I mean? Like it's possible to get on the Forbes list. Um, it's possible to make a difference. Um, you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to have it all together to get started. Just get started. You know, like I said, for me, it was all about in the beginning using what I had, my resources, my contacts, my just my everyday life. Like, you know, I'm a hustler by nature. I'm a grinder. And so just doing all of the work and being consistent, you know? I feel like so many people get so caught up nowadays, especially because of social media, with watching what other people are doing, with measuring their success to someone else's highlight reels, and it's really just focus on yourself, focus on your own journey. Um, and so Forbes 30 Under 30, making that list meant everything to me. Um, it's opened up such a huge network. And like I said, it definitely um, kind of validated the work that I am doing. <laughs> and there you have it. 
Christina, I would like to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, I know you're a very busy person. And I just want to say from one <laughs> baby to a Harlem baby, we appreciate you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Hoopers Unhailed. Again, I am your host, KDOT. And as we always say, peace and love to everybody out there. And we'll holler at you. Thank you. Thank you, KDOT. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another Hooper Unhailed, another story told. I personally would like to thank my special guest, Christina Williams, for her time and incredible storytelling about her life and how she's using her talents to continue building her legacy off the court. I'm off to the next city in the next Unhail Hooper, so I hope to see you along the ride. In the meantime, in between time, this is KDOT signing off, telling you peace and love to everybody out there. Flavor Production. Yeah.